Daniel. The nightmare has been averted. The treble is still ours. Liverpool can't do it. That's all today was about, right? I mean, yeah, the thing is, the maddest thing about it was, is it wasn't even the treble that was at stake. It was everything. Yeah. Really. What I would say is this was one of the, the most disgusting days of oh. my football following career. Oh, my God. Just absolute filth. The, the fact that I was sitting with a few, you know, well, I was in a, in a bar that's mostly Arsenal fans, but and they were cheering on. I don't know why. <laughs> it's quite amusing. But that I was sitting with United fans that are cheering a City goal. It's just disgusting. I mean, yeah, like I can't bring myself to actually celebrate in that way. But I guess what happened was what I would have preferred to happen. It was... Yeah. It's like Leeds getting out of it in the last second was annoying. Unfortunate. But there was that moment, there was about a five minute period in the first half when United conceded, Liverpool scored, and City conceded, I think, and West Ham scored. All around around the same time, it's like, oh my God. It's the important thing of all the stuff. I mean, that is the thing. I mean, we we did need to get in the Europa. Yeah, it is important. I hate to say it, but we need the money from that. Yeah, it's it's worth... 30, 40 million compared to the the conference. Plus the prestige of being in... Hey, the UEFA Cup used to be a good tournament. So it's it's perhaps not what's what, what what it once was, but it's still it's still better than nothing. It was a great tournament back in the... Before, they, before the, the Champions League subsumed everything. Yeah. Because all you, with the Champions League, when it was one team per country, all that you're guaranteeing is you're getting the best teams in every country from the season before. Yeah, which means the Champions League itself it might be of a high standard, it might not. It just yeah, yeah. it just depends. Whereas obviously the Champions League beings and now is you're getting all pretty much all the best teams right in Europe. Therefore, almost all the best teams in the world every time. Yeah, and the standard of the Europa is not as high. But I mean, I watched the watched the final of the Europa last week and the other night, and I mean, it was a crap game. But yeah. that's it was sort of that was what you really want it to be. Like two teams that are absolutely desperate to win it. Right, for right. whom winning it is everything, and at the end they're crying because the losers are crying because they don't know if they're ever coming back. Yeah, for sure. And that that's that's how that's how it should be. It shouldn't be for United to be in it, really, because they should be getting into the Champions League. It shouldn't be for teams that have been fucked off out of the Champions League either. No, right. It should be. Yeah. So I mean. So there, there's that. I mean, it's something. Uh, the group stages are a real drag, but that's where United will be. I do find it kind of amusing that it's some of the worst football you'll ever uh, see. It, the group stages of the Europa. It's absolutely miserable. I mean, I take like today was a day of like path- absolute pathetic minor things. So Liverpool not winning the title, great. Mo Salah not not winning the Golden Boot, good. He's tied with Son, but and it's pathetic, you know. Uh, into the Europa, Moy's not doing it. Arsenal having their best season in a decade, and United's worst season in a what thirty years, and we're still in <laughs> the same shitty tournament same. together next season. <laughs> it's also pathetic. <laughs> it is. I mean, the Sal- Salah was weird because he celebrated his goal like it was the goal that won the yeah. league. Yeah, yeah, and I can't believe. It was because he wanted to share the golden boot with Son. I wasn't sure. I mean, the the most heartwarming scenes of the of the day were children crying at Anfield. Obviously, I love it. Absolutely magical. That warmed the cockles of the heart. It really does. It yeah, I, I think I tweeted something similar and got quite a few. Come on, man. No, no, it's great. <laughs> Scouse kids crying. That's what football's about. Yeah. <laughs> and City. Well, you know what? 
I think there should be an inquiry into to the pitch invasion at the Etihad, and we should probably strip City of the title, and no one wins it. Wouldn't that be the best result? Oh, the other thing that was funny, obviously, I was watching. I was watching. I was watching the United game. I was working today. I couldn't get out of work, so I, I guess luckily I didn't go. Although Tasty Jerk next to Selhurst Park is probably right. the best football food in the country, I would say. But I was so there was that moment. I'm watching. So I got Liverpool and City both on in silence, and then. It looks like City, you're watching Liverpool game, it looks like Villa have equalised to make it 3 all at City because there's flares going off, there's people jumping up and down like happened when United were playing Galatasaray yeah. and Barcelona were playing Gothenburg and United, and it, it was thought that there'd been a goal that was going to send United through and it actually turned out not to be the case. So I had a moment of intense horror <laughs> but then did quite enjoy it. But the thing is, is... It's just not really possible to celebrate City retaining the league title in memorable three goals in five minutes style, and I can't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sitting here relaxed in that. In that this evening. I mean, I'm obviously. I'm not. I'm happier than I would be where we need to yeah. spend the next week concerned Liverpool just going to win every yeah. trophy and complete football, and that was, and feeling like. Game, I you can't win the you yeah like one on penalties you can't win the league on penalties tweet ready <laughs> but you can't win the league on penalties look we're eating a shit sandwich either way but it's just what kind of shit sandwich you want to eat it's this is slightly better yeah I guess I mean yeah I mean what how are we how are we qualifying qualities of shit <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Does shit taste better after you've eaten a good meal? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I, look, it's it's just it's just all unremittingly awful, really. Uh, I, I guess this is. I mean, it's fourth title in five years for City. I guess this is the confirmation of the transfer of power from Europe's old clubs to the Petro State clubs. I mean, sit, I, but it doesn't need to be like I, that. No, and, it doesn't. But think- it sort of seems like it is. it currently is I mean I'm trying to find some optimism here but to me it felt like today felt like rock bottom it's 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 not it can't get worse from here just watching those dickheads go through the motions again yep but there isn't it can't be it can't be worse than this next season there's just so much room for it to be better for not just because it's so terrible but because there's a manager coming in who isn't a supply teacher, yeah, and he's gonna ha- and he's able to clear out a lot of the nonsense. Hopefully, yeah, he's not he's not gonna have to contend with as many dickheads as the managers before him. No, that's right. And he was there today, and uh, so just our fourth manager this season. Then, uh, so, <laughs> uh, with Van der Gaag. I don't know what do you make of Van der Gaag because he really looks like he needs to eat more. He's a scrawny fucker. And and he's got those aviators on. He's got these kind of orange tinted aviators, and he's really scrawny. He looks like a villain from a like a nineteen seventies gangster movie. Uh, and uh, Mitchell, yeah, and uh, Steve there as well. So you know the new trust well, is coming in. I, I I mean I don't really get the McLaren thing. In that I I mean he might be. I'm not saying he might be good. I mean obviously ten ten miles for my liking, you might think he's good, but just the the, the idea that we've been spun is that. McLaren's required because he knows this league. When's the last time he worked in the Premier League? Yeah, yeah. What What does he understand about it that 
Ten Hag couldn't understand himself or get from someone better. But I guess he trusts him. And if it's crap, it won't be because of McLaren. It will be because of Ten Hag and the Glazers sure, yeah. and, and all the rest yeah. of it. So I guess, I, I guess there is that. But yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell. I mean, it just seems strange to see a baby and give them the surname for a first name. <laughs> Yeah, well, it happens. Uh, if you can, I, I, I'm, I was trying to like rack my brain to, for anything to say about United's actual performance. I mean, I, I, I had all three games on City, Liverpool, and and uh, well, I had City on a laptop and Liverpool on one screen and United on the other screen. And uh, I watched the United game mostly for about an hour, and then I just couldn't help but watch the other two basically. And and uh, the United well, completely inconsequential. It's... But they were, yeah, basically of greater consequence to United. I mean, it's unbelievable how dreadful Rangnick has been. Really? In that literally his sole redeeming feature is his hatred for the players. Yeah, yeah. And his use of whomever. <laughs> his, his, tremendous, his tremendous skills of English grammar. I'll praise those too. But other than that... It's been a disaster. It's been... And there's no... I can't... And he just, just the constant, even today, like, I I am pre- honestly prepared to accept the fact that he has been telling us that Hannibal isn't good enough. I mean, he sees him all the time, but why did he take him off today and bring Matthew It was on? weird. I didn't, I thought Hannibal was doing okay. Yeah, yeah. He was showing a bit of fight, at least, but, and also there's something to be gained by him gaining experience. Yeah. But why, what's matter? I don't know. Going to add at that point. And at, that, at least, like, Chuck Garnett show yep. on. Yeah, did I can actually come on really late on? I can't, I can't remember. He did yeah, come yeah. on afterwards. Yeah. yeah, but Matt, he's a nice boy, but he's not a United legend who deserves a send off or anything, anything like that. In fact, I would say that he's Matt's, had two send offs now. He's also just one of the most disappointing United signings. Yeah, yeah. ever I think not because he was absolutely dreadful, but when we signed him, he was one of the best players in the league. And he never played anything like that well for us. No, no, only in patches. So, yeah, look, the the Ragnick period which, has which been... Patches, which, which patches even? The, and the patch he had, he then covered up with a hair job. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a really, really awful six months. Um, and before that as well. So, um, it's season, isn't it? You know, 58... Finished the league on zero goal difference. Zero goal difference. What an absolute bunch of useless. You know, Varane bench today. Harry was in there waving his arms frantically and defending like an absolute pillock as usual. And it's just the the whole thing. The, you know, Rangnick playing on the post-Atletico sort of let down. Which, okay, kind of, yeah, see that. The the players don't think they've got anything ah. to play for. But it's too easy an excuse. And No, no, no. Mm. I'm, I'm not having that. Because they played out their asses both matches against Atletico as well. Well, that's true. Like, they had a good 15 minutes at the end of the first leg. Maybe, like, good if we're being exceedingly generous. And they played all right in the first half of the, of the second leg without really scoring. But, I mean, I think I said this on the pod at the time that after that first leg, I didn't not I didn't care what they did in the second leg, but I knew that they were absolutely gone, just complete bunch of shit houses who were never going to be able yeah. to pull out a good enough performance. Whereas at the beginning of the season, I thought Punch's chance of doing something in Europe because on a good day, good enough to beat anyone. But by the time of that first Atletico game, the way they totally bottled that, yeah. there was I knew that there was no way that against a better team than Atletico, they were going to do anything other than take a hiding. So getting getting knocked out of that was actually a favour 
because imagine the pounding that they'd have got over two legs against City if they'd have somehow skanked their way through. Yeah, it would have been the pounding that we got in the two games against City in the league. So, which yeah, I think exactly. was 6-1 on aggregate or whatever it was. So, yeah, I mean... Total disaster. He's not been able to motivate the players. The only, as you said, you know, his uh, press conferences uh, and calling out stuff. But the problem is that he's called out stuff that's true and we can see. And he's got less and less oblique in the way he's done it. But it started to feel like kind of self-preservation as a result. I mean, he has he has accepted fault himself. I don't I don't I don't mind that because I do think that he's been self-critical. It's not that he doesn't understand that he's done a shit job. It's just that he hasn't been able to refrain from doing a shit job. Yeah. And I don't know how much... I have some sympathy because it's clear that a lot of the players didn't buy into him and switched off. So he's not got what he wanted. He talks in his pre-match presser about Ronaldo's pressing. It's the first time he's ever really been directly critical of Ronaldo. And he said that they had to compromise on the, the tactics as a result. So he's not being able to do what he wanted to do. He didn't have to play Ronaldo, of course, you know. But even but if he hadn't have played Ronaldo, we'd have been even worse yeah. most of the time. And if you didn't play Ronaldo, they wouldn't have suddenly become a bunch of pressing beasts. No, they wouldn't have. It's just the trigger. But, you know, Cavani does do the press, hasn't been fit or declared himself unfit most of the time. And also the thing that's been problematic is not... I don't watch United and think the pressing is the problem particularly because you can play football without... What's the point? Is it to win football yeah. or is it to press? The point isn't to press. It's as a path towards so winning. you need to find... An, Maybe. You need, yeah, but there are other there are other paths. Yeah. There are other ways to do it. And the, the way that the team has been doing quite well for the last two seasons was without doing it. What the problem has been, like the finishing, which isn't really on the manager, I don't think, but the defending... The passing, the running about, the effort, the composure, the skill, the touch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just all things. But when I look at that team and I want to put my finger on what's going wrong, it's not the lack of pressing. It's it's one it's one thing amongst very, very many, for sure. Yeah. And it's a minor thing because you don't have to press, but you do have to defend properly. You do have to put effort in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree I that. I mean, these are things for Ten Hag to to try and fix. Uh, I mean, I don't think he could fix it with a kind of usual Manchester United summer transfer window, you know. And and it'll obviously be slightly different because a lot of players are leaving, at least six. And then we had Jones and Bailey on the bench. They've got to leave. Henderson wasn't even on the bench. Don't know whether he's injured or whether that's giving us a sign. He's off as well. So, I Henderson's yeah. going. I'm sure Henderson's going. And, and then, you know, they can't possibly the goal, goal the, the fullbacks because they're just all unremittingly shit. So, yeah, it won't be that. Like, I mean, the stories we saw last week are that Wampisaka's off. He should be as well. But, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean. Not, not that Dallow's much you, better. He just, you know, let Wilf no, I mean, I think waltz I, past him today. He said, here you go, son, have a goal. I would probably, I would probably, if I was keeping one, I'd probably keep Wampisaka, actually, because. There might be a circumstance in which I'd be prepared. I'd want to chuck him on, whereas Dallo, I just would want to sign someone who was better than Dallo. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe they can get a fee for Wambasaka. It won't be much. It'll be less than half of what they paid. I mean, I guess you know, in accounting logic, it, it will uh, amortization of his contract. Amortized, yeah, it'd be so fine. Not... Yeah, um, sure. Given it's the Glazers and their business model, it's actually cash that matters more to United than accounting. United don't 
I mean, it's the FFP, given like all the incomings and outgoings, isn't an awesome position. Can't go spend 250 million or anything, but it's cash that matters more. Um, so some sales will give Ten Hag some room to get the players he wants. And also, I don't, not being in the Champions League doesn't really cost them anything because of the con- they have to pay players less. Yeah, I mean, it's I it's a 50 million hit in revenue, but they're 25% less on 300 million of um, of wages. It's a fair chunk too, yeah. Depending on the yeah, players. Um, I don't think Ronaldo has that clause. No, but they will, they will, there will be a fair few players that come in. And if they have a decent pre-season, yeah. then... They, it might not be quite as horrendously soul-curdlingly dreadful next season. United, Eric, uh, you'll be off to where is it? Singapore, Melbourne, somewhere else. So yeah, good, good prep there. Spending hours and hours on planes. So um, I, I, who had that East Asia tour first off, and then started complaining about it straight away. So, but they're winning games. Like they would be Liverpool. Yeah. And they won. They won. They won. Did they not win every game in preseason? That Bamford? might be true. Yeah, I think yeah. they did. I think they did. And then they were obviously extremely dreadful thereafter. That's preseason coming up as well. Yeah, so, that's right. Uh, None of crap matters, <laughs> really, uh, at all. Honestly, just nuke the whole thing. It, it's uh, it's really dreadful at the moment. The only hope is like it, it's clean house. I mean, we saw Murtar there today with Ten Hag and uh, Van der Hag. It's ten hag. I can't get it. I can't do the guttural. You can. Yeah, well, I I, I grew up speaking Hebrew. I learned to speak Hebrew as a as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of guttural yeah. sounds. So I yeah, I am quite familiar. Uh, with I'm, I'm not going to try. Apologies to uh, any Dutch listeners. Um, so yeah, with the new manager and his assistant and the coach and Steve, uh, we had Richard in the club suit with his glasses on shades he looked a very queer cove i must <laughs> say richard Arnold, why have you come out like this it sort of felt like he was in disguise in some way like, with like wig and glasses he, he wears those a lot very... though he's, i don't know whether he's got something wrong with his eyes uh, uh he's a stiff uh, fella um he's got thing going on of not having a shave scruffy bastard um so you know it's a, it's a fresh today is day one or day zero yeah and Oh, the other thing that was kind of heartwarming was Hannibal booing yeah. Zaha about Oh, he loves it. booing people. I mean, he's, he's going to collect a few red cards next season if, he, if he's in the United squad. So, If he gets any yeah. football. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure that he will. He, he, he could definitely, I mean, you know, there's a, he's got a number eight this season for the under-23s rather than just pure number 10. And, and he, you know, if he's going to do that, he's got the technical skills for it, I think. I mean, it's, you know, the leap up to big level and the intensity and the physicality of it. It's. It doesn't look like he's ready to me. He's still a, you know, skinny kid. He needs to put some weights on. Hit the gym over the summer. Oh, right, the muscles from Brussels. Over exactly. There. <laughs> Start pounding the so protein was... shakes and pushing weights. So I watched. I watched the playoff. I watched the playoff fight semi the other the other night. Forest. Forest. Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was not at all impressed with James Garner. Admit, they weren't very I... good, were they, Forest? So. They weren't. Jed Spence, the yeah. right back, looks like he might be a player. And Brennan Johnson also looks good. I mean, it was beautiful in the semi-final. So Brennan Johnson scores and his dad, David Johnson, who obviously was at United, yeah. was, was celebrating the goal in the away end. And then the same thing when he scores again in the second leg. That was, oh my gosh, I don't know how 
people whose children play football hold it together at yeah. all. I'd be, I'd be bawling my eyes out. <laughs> they, uh, you had but, a lot of families at the uh, FA Youth, Youth Cup final the other day as well, actually, which was kind of nice. It was nice when Garnacho's parents yeah. were in the crowd as well, wasn't that? But I, I think that the thing with Ghana is that if you... If that if a game like that passes you by, and there are a few a couple of nice touches, he almost scored a, a winner at the end. There are a few nice touches, but a game like that more or less passed him by. And uh, I don't. I mean, obviously you play on a better team, there'll be people getting the ball for you. But it felt like if you can't impose sure. yourself on the Sheffield United midfield, then it's hard to see you he'll be able to impose himself on Premier League. Yeah, I, I think that's probably probably right and uh, it will have to be a purchase for for that role in the United team which is, you know, pro- probably number one on a very long list of things to sort out but uh, has to get in there had just has to has to have a destroyer or a controller or preferably both a completely new midfield um clearly the one we've got with Fred and McTominay, for all their endeavour, is about the sixth best midfield in the country. So, um, going to move forward, that's going to be really important. Thing is, I can imagine United doing the United thing and chasing Frankie de Jong all summer, only for him to sign a new contract at Barca. So, uh, that's like a, something of a red... So I, I... Well, I think... I don't, I don't think it's a red herring. And I mean, to me, this just feels like a bit of a test for Ten Hag, and that if Barcelona want to set up, want to sell him, and he's basically got to leave. If Ten Hag has the kind of personality and the kind of magnetism that you you need to sell a project, yeah. off to to be a good yeah. football manager, he should be able to call De Jong and say, "I'm cut, like come to me, and I promise you it will be yeah. good," and persuade him and sell him why he should come and play for United and sell him yeah. the vision. Someone who. He, pro- he he must have a good relationship with. Yeah, yeah. he didn't. He wouldn't want to sign. And he, he was absolutely so, amazing at Ajax, Frankie de Jong. I mean, just a complete re- like a reinvention of that role. And great in his first season at Barcelona. He's been pretty dreadful this season, from what I've seen. I'm interested in the name Frankie though. In that, did <laughs> someone go to Chelsea and hear people go, "Go on, Frank!" Yeah. In <laughs> West Ham in that accent, "Go on, Frank!" And they thought that the name was Frank. Uh, he would be in the list. Uh, you know, uh, it's a fairly long list of, of footballers whose names are spelt wrong. Quite clearly wrong. They're a typo. Like Dennis Law as well. Clearly a typo. So uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's just a demonstration of how shit the football is at the moment. That we're finding absolutely anything to talk about. <laughs> but I, I mean, are you, are you seem more hopeful than me because I, I watch today and I just think, like, God damn it! I mean, I, I'm never, I'm not going to stop football. I know a lot of people switch off, and there's a, you know, a kind of thing. I hey, a former, a former podcast here, it was so soul destroyed by the soulless football that he didn't want to talk about it anymore. Um, but uh, you know, I'm addicted. It doesn't matter how bad it gets, I'm still going to watch it. But it's hard to find good stuff to talk about as a result. I'll tell you something else that was like City two 0 down with the title on the line, and the most expensive player in British football is not yeah. brought on. I mean, it looked it looked a weird signing at the time, Grealish, and I guess he got them a crucial goal at West Ham last week. But to not use him in that game suggests that I mean. What's his future? I mean, I, so I guess people will say that he needed a year to learn Guardiola's football or stuff or something. But the way Guardiola plays just doesn't seem to work that well for him. And it seemed like a strange signing at the time, not because he's not a good player, he's a good player. But 
it wasn't didn't seem to be what City required or that his style was particularly suitable for the way that City played. No, it is a change in style if he's going to come off that left-hand side because they normally have more dynamic players in those wide positions. The one thing I would say in his favour and not to get too stats nerdy about it is his his everything bar the goals and assists, his numbers are really, really good. So, um, he's kind of like Bruno. Bruno leads the, the league in chance creation by absolutely miles. Um, we get does he get one for Palace's goal yeah, today? Yeah, I know. Yeah, well done, lad. <laughs> Good piece of play. Um, so, Billish um, is in that you know if he has someone to fuck the chances, his numbers probably um, probably lot. And given that they are signing Haaland, that could well be benefit. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's such a strange City side. They look so pathetic for a lot of that. You know, Villa um, in their lives because Stevie G is still trying to win his first Liverpool title. Coutinho celebrated his goal like he'd just won the title for Liverpool. Well, he sort of won the last one for Liverpool by pissing off. <laughs> so that they could spend yeah, the money on well, a good true. player and much. But I just got a message that flashed up, flashed up on my phone, like a Sky breaking news alert, that apparently Robin Olsen was attacked by City fans on, the, on his way off Fuck the pitch. Sake. And I could just, I mean, Dad's obviously not on, but I could just imagine the self-righteous, self-conscious, self-basting self-aggrandizing way that Gerard would have talked about that and how he's got to protect his players yeah. and all this kind of like that that terse manner in which he bigs himself up the whole time about like I'm so serious but I'm also so caring 13 defeats in 27 games for for Gerard uh, it's not about yeah it's it's kind of the way Lampard took Derby from 6th to 6th Chelsea from 4th to 4th and Everton from 16th to 16th and he's hailed as the next great thing so is Gerard and I don't think his record at Villa has been that great this season, given how no, much no, it's been money crap. and talent they've got in that squad. Oh, they're signing... What's his Bubaka, name? Kamara, yeah. yeah. I wish, I'm surprised United didn't no, look I've, at him. I have no idea if he's on Yeah, I mean, I've seen him a couple of times and he looks like it. He's not a um, game of, like, too many if we're talking about French midfielders uh, or midfield France. So, But uh, he's probably a good signing for Villa. The Ayatollah Chouamani. I hope that is his nickname. <laughs> Good, nice. <laughs> you, you're allowed to make that joke. <laughs> so, um, it's... Why, why, why would that... It's a sound yeah, like. No, it's it's a... and Comedy. <laughs> I, I, think that one, I think that's fine. It's like a bonus section for people who don't uh, back us at Patreon um, in general terms. What else, else happened today? Spurs... Made a Champions I mean, the Champions League. Invasion. Should, we, should we do the pitch invasion? Yeah, 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 we could do that. Spurs, let's round up. Spurs made a Champions League. Leeds saved themselves and Burnley got relegated. I really don't. I didn't care that much. Obviously, yeah, the preference would have been Leeds, but um, White Lives Matter FC going down is quite good as well. Yeah, I'm happy to see the happy to see the back of happy to see the back of Burnley and they could be in real trouble. They got a ton of debt now because of the leverage buyout. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pleased to see the back of Burnley, but I mean, Bournemouth coming back is obviously a total nause. I mean, who needs Bournemouth yeah. in the Premier League? Fulham is good because good, yep. like good nice, nice ground, good pubs in yep. the area, and uh, what the other ones? What Forest or Huddersfield? So Forest would be yeah, Forest yeah. would be worth having. Forest back. would be nice. It'd be nice to see them back in the in the Premier League. Yeah, long long time gone. Pitch invasions. I mean, I like a good pitch invasion. I, I have to admit, I have been part of one. So when it's like fun and friendly and you're dancing around, that's okay. This trend of attacking people, not okay. What an absolute world. I, I just, I can't grasp the circumstances. 
in which you would run onto the pitch and go and stick the nut on someone that happened like just uh, just a just a sly nut on someone who's not watching. It's just a remarkable piece of arsehole behaviour. Yeah, and that dude's going to spend next six months in prison. And because but of the, it's the... also because it, I mean, in terms of you have you're now in a position, especially if it happens again today, where you do have to protect the players. Yeah, like it's not like because this could easily. I, I'm not. I want to like get all Mary Whitehouse about this, but it could be the thin end of the wedge. Well, we've seen sports people attack before. Someone put a knife in Monica Sellers. Exactly. That's the one that came to mind. And if we're not going to have security checks coming into the ground, and most of the time there aren't, you know, it's very loose, I have to say. Well, how you check? You can't check that many people. I mean, what we have at the moment that is, I I find, it's often like going into an away end. They have grass dogs sniffing people for recreational drugs, which is a complete nonsense because what they're really trying to do is just criminalise football fans. Sure, yeah. I got yeah. I got pulled by, by one when I was at a game with my dad and I had nothing on me. And I got pulled by I got pulled by a dog. And I ended up having to just say to the so I get pulled to one side and my dad's like waiting there, like obviously beaming with pride at the activities of his son. <laughs> and, um, I just said to the like, please, please, like, I wait. Just my dad's over there. He's oh, just like search me. I promise you, I haven't got anything. You could put your hands wherever they need to go, but just <laughs> allow me to return. Exactly how how long would it have been when the rubber gloves going on and the KY's coming out for the full internal? Is, is it was it a good match? No. <laughs> that is worth it for all of that. I think. Was it the game maybe when Van Gaal was the manager when Lingard scored, and then United decided? Like, was that Mourinho? I think it was maybe yeah. Well, United decided that they or someone decided that they should defend the one goal lead with their shite defence, and obviously they conceded near the end. Obviously, but, as, yeah. So I didn't have to go is, back and explain way. to my dad that obviously, as you can see, I've returned. <laughs> but yeah. Daniel Harris with a five-year banning order. <laughs> it came close. <laughs> but but yeah, like searching people for, for like weapons. See, yeah, yeah, searching people for weapons if there's going to be a pitch invasion sounds like something that you might need to do. But everyone loves pitch invasion. But ultimately, you have to protect the safety of the players. And I don't know. I don't yeah. know exactly what you need to do to stop people running onto the pitch in the. Part of me says, well, as you want to, but again, I just keep coming back to what has happened this week and you think, well, actually, yeah. you sort of do have to now because like yeah, so many yeah. things, people can't be trusted not to be twats and you need to protect the people who might suffer as a consequence of the fact that people can't be trusted not to be twats. And yeah, they, I remember like, they used to have those kind of cradle things, didn't they? They, yeah, they, they they did the kind of flip down things that, I mean, they don't completely stop people, but they slow them down. Or ditches. The old Wembley had a big ditch, didn't it? And you, no one wants to see fences back again. Just, no. And, and I think yeah, we're not, know, we're over not policing see, and over stewarding is not what we want either. That doesn't create a good atmosphere. No, I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not going to see fences, never mind the electrified fences that Ken Bates was advocating back in the day. <laughs> I can't remember which journalist it was this week was advocating for a full search of everyone that was coming in and some kind of identity scheme. I can't remember one of the reactionary fucks somewhere. I, I mean, you know, that it's it's there has been this tendency amongst the more sniffy lot 
uh, in football ownership and politicians to turn football fans into second-class citizens. They were going to stamp you all as, as a football fan. And unfortunately, this kind of stuff gives gives fuel to that kind of mentality. And I, I, I kind of, as I said, I've, I've been in a pitch invasion at Sellers Park. So Which one in the 93? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I was at um, that, but yeah, I, I didn't, I don't suppose I did. In fact, I didn't get to go on the pitch. Yeah, that was bad parenting so, from my dad, I guess. I mean, I went to a lot of games and uh, yeah, a lot of away grounds in the 90s and there was a lot of dodgy behaviour, but... That's uh, not dodgy behaviour though. Pitch no. invasions, not dodgy behaviour at all. I, I mean, I think it's it should be, it's... I think it's an acceptable part of football culture if it's not violent. But it's and now the point. Players. It's now at the point where I, 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 I don't like because there are some things where you think, well, something will occasionally go wrong, and in order to, so I think it's about tackles in the game that I, you, you allow tackles, and you know that every now and again someone's going to get hurt badly, and in order to have the game, you allow you allow the tackles basically, but. Like with you don't have to have pitch invasions. So the the way I mean, I, I maybe I'm just being reactionary about it, but a player getting nutted in the face by a supporter says to me that we have to stop having pitch invasions because, as I said, it could like it feels like that's almost a lucky escape. Yeah, who was it that got nutted? Was it Forrest? Billy Davis. It wasn't not Billy Davis. Uh, Billy Sharp. Billy Sharp. Yeah bad and then uh, Vieira got uh, accosted as well although he fought back in a much braver way than he did when Roy Keane accosted but him but still went with his feet years ago. still went with his feet <laughs> yeah I did it didn't half I know I know it's an unfair comparison so just give me give me uh, some leeway here but uh, I didn't half think the reaction basically the reaction to Vieira was yeah he's well within his rights no way he should see any action for that and I couldn't half think about Cantona jumping into the crowd to kick a racist and the boot him out of the game. This is a disgrace. Uh, kind of reaction. I know they're different. They are, but they're, still, they're not that like they're similar things. They're not that different. They're similar things. If you do those things and you get a tickle as a consequence, you must not be surprised. Yeah, you can't. You can't be surprised. And the thing, the way that the thing that I always found the weirdest. I don't know if you're at Liverpool or at Chelsea. And I think someone chucked a coin at Carragher, and he just loved it back into the crowd. Yeah, and I think he got two or three games for it, and that to me was just like, hang on a second, like what can what Eric did was it was not indiscriminate, and it also ultimately wasn't that dangerous. It was yep. the bloke that gave him there, he dealt with him, and he only gave him a boot and a couple of cracks, whereas Carragher hurling a coin into a crowd is indiscriminate. You don't you're not dealing just one on one with that person. And if it yeah. hits the wrong person in the wrong place, you're actually going to yeah, do, yeah, you might, do, you might yeah. do some damage. But I think he got, I think he got two games, maybe three games for it. Well, Rich Allison chucked a flare back into the crowd the other week. <laughs> so, I mean, pyrotechnics talk about indiscriminate and potentially dangerous. So, again, as you said, not to be all Mary Whitehouse about it. That, that's the, 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 the pearl clutcher from the 1980s, not the, not the comedy show, right? So, yes. I mean, I was just, it, the flare thing reminded me of one of those mad stories from the, it was like it was from the 80s, maybe from the early 90s, when um, I was at Chile, Chile were playing Brazil in a World okay. Cup qualifier. And um, someone chucks a flare from the crowd and Roberto Rocha, the, the Chile goalkeeper, 
makes it out like it's hit him to get the game abandoned. I remember that one. And yeah, yeah. It turns out the video shows that it, in fact no one near him. Did not hit him. I think he got banned for life for that. That's amazing. <laughs> it's the days before VAR where you think you can possibly get I away think with it. I've got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. One one thing I did want to mention, and I'm I'm I don't know, unless you got something else to talk about on the pitch invasion stuff. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Dave because he's got really lippy recently, which I kind of like. But his, I don't know if you notice his stats have absolutely fallen off a cliff since Ragnik came by. He 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 was outperforming his expected goals against by miles earlier in the season, and now he's miles under. He's had a dreadful second half of the season, like just out of this world dreadful. And it feels like we're getting back to who said, by the way. Prior to the game, it said, it's been a bad season for us, but I think I can be really proud of my my season. That- yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm really not sure that you've uh, read the room here or watched your own performance. Yeah, he has become yeah. extremely loquacious. But yeah, especially it's really odd, given, isn't it? Especially given that he's a goth. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, he... I mean, I think he's probably got one more season at United, I, would, I imagine, that getting rid of him this summer would be too much. But I'm not sure he'll be around after next season. They'd be mad to sign him up to another contract for the kind of wages he's on. Yeah. Absolutely mad. I mean, he's someone like I almost feel sorry for because he's basically frittered away his career in yeah. in the post-Fergie era at United where it's just been appalling. And he almost got to go somewhere else and win bare European yeah. Cups. Yeah. But, but for a dodgy fax machine or whatever the story really is there. A bit like Pogba, and I know there's much less sympathy in a way for, for Pogba, but he spent six years at United and there'd be no complete waste of his yeah, yeah, I mean, he, six years of his career. A lot of it's his fault, obviously, but he was probably sold a lie. He was definitely sold a lie, and he bought it, <laughs> sadly for him. I mean, he bought uh, it, it, but also he was bought by it, because yeah. the thing that they didn't lie about was how much they were going to pay him. For sure, so it looks like he's going to Juve. Turned down a contract to Manchester City, if we believe the the stories. I'm not sure who in the Pogba camp is now um, setting up those stories, but they've been quite uh, quite quite vocal recently. And so, I mean, maybe that's good. Maybe that's good for him. Back to Italy, slowest pace of game, less intense, won't lose the ball in the wrong positions, be given the ball just to spray it around. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm sure that would be quite quite a nice move for him if that's where he ends up going. But it seems like I, I, PSG would be mad to sign him. Yeah, it seems like they're not going to do it. Although they've signed Kylian Mbappe up to the biggest contract in the history of football. I, it's absolutely baffling that deal to give it's, a player any kind of control. If the, if what we're reading is true yeah. that he's got that he's been consulted on managers, consulted on players, because like, that to me is actually you you must be a dickhead. Because uh, I mean, it's no way to run a club, is it? It's, it's not. That, uh, there's no way to run a club, but it's not something that he should want either. Because this is not uh, his expertise. His expertise no. is being good at football. It's not scouting players or interviewing managers. <laughs> and I mean, surely he should know that about himself. It just shows uh, an unbelievable amount, of, an unbelievable lack of self-awareness. Yep. Yep, and I think I think probably he's been in that bubble for a long time and got more and more leverage because of the I mean saving face factor. I mean he's a good player, obviously, but the fact that they spent two hundred million on him and he was an inch away from leaving on a free as the face of 
as the face of Qatar in the World Cup year is it is one of those things that. that makes you wonder if the numbers are even more astronomical than we're being told it, they are. Well, if, if we think, and I'm not saying Paris Saint Germain are doing this, but apart from the the cash, fifty million a year plus the hundred odd million signing on bonus, if they're doing what City did, which is to pay players in you know alternative sponsorships, it's like Etihad, and equity fl- and companies, flights and stuff. On, yeah, on, yeah. Em- on Emirates. I mean, I, all, all off the books. I mean, um, the thing, because yeah. the thing that I always wonder about City is that if you look at players who've been in England, a lot of players leave who aren't, especially who aren't from Northern Europe, will leave at some point. And every player that signed for City has stayed until City want rid of them. And it might just be because the joy of playing in an athletic stadium is something that they can't possibly turn down and the pedigree of Manchester City is something that they feel extremely attached to sure. and always dreamt of. It's all but about the also history. also makes yeah. me wonder if the amount that they're getting paid is even more astounding than we think it is well, and it's so astounding that no one else can get anywhere near replicating it. Yeah, and I also think this is part of the strategy. So PSG and City have approached FFP in slightly different ways. They hide everything. They ran it through other companies. It was funded by the state. We know all of this because it's all been leaked. And then they refused to cooperate and just timed everything out. Now, that investigation is still happening at the Premier League level. Paris Saint-Germain just broke all rules and said, fuck you to UEFA. There's nothing you can do. And now they are in control of UEFA, basically, post-Super League. And this deal for Mbappe, given... <laughs> I mean, get, I mean, Paris Saint-Germain's revenues, quote-unquote, are quite big. And and given the size of this deal, they're going to have to get even bigger in order for them to meet, like, even the new reframed financial, or whatever it's called, sustainability rules. So it's it's just all a joke. And part of the strategy is to make transfer fees and wages so high that almost no one can compete. Yeah, and I mean, I think what you have to always remember about these is that they cheat at human rights. There is therefore, I think we can extrapolate from that that they might therefore cheat at football. Yep. Yep. Same with Juventus. If Juventus were bribing referees, which is in terms of manipulating the outcome of a game, that feels like the most grievous sin. Sure. As if they weren't doing other stuff as well that we do, that uh-huh. we do or don't know about. Bribing yeah, referees it, feels a very... like a graver sin than doping, let's say, or breaking FFP or whatever else. Sure. Sure, it's it's more pointy, isn't it? But the goal is all the same. Some of it's kind of devious financial engineering. It's outright cheating. <laughs> the goal is to win at any cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I still it still makes me laugh when... Um, well, two things I want to say about City and Paris Saint-Germain. Maybe we should move on. But one, still makes me laugh when there's a bunch of uh, weaponized City fans going, oh, it's an investment. Yeah, sure. It's like percent of state income. And then the Paris Saint-Germain fans are now so entitled. They were, they were rioting because they've only won the the French League by 16 points, which is clearly not enough. It's really hard. I mean, I guess maybe Mbappe's from Paris and he just wants to live in Paris. Maybe. But the professional satisfaction of playing for Paris seems much less than the professional satisfaction that is available. What's he going to play? He's going to play, what, six Champions League games and then, what, potentially another seven in the knockout. So it's 13 meaningful games 
per season. Not even a couple that, in the because French league against Marseille. Because they'll be in a group. Some crappy ones in, in there. Yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll be in a group. That yeah, I mean, what they tend to do like, is just lose the first time they play anyone half decent. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what? A dozen, dozen games a season that might mean something. No way to play football if you've got some pride. I mean, he's young, so I guess he can do another two years in Paris. They'll take a fee from Real Madrid and he'll go there. And maybe that's the plan. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that's that's the seems like the plan, or at least then he'll be in a position to renegotiate and get even more money. At, at what point does money become not life changing? I mean, he's going to make so much money out of this deal that he never needs to work again for sure. He's got enough money. But he never already. needs to work again already. That's, really that is, that's the yeah. thing. It's like I don't understand it when you feel like surely it gets to a point where you just want the best football that you can have. Sure. I mean, unless, as I yeah. said, unless he really wants to live in Paris. I mean, Madrid's an hour flight away. It's not, not a big deal, really. In your private jet. <laughs> but there is, no, there is something about living at home. There is something, so I, I do understand that. But the fact that he was so close to Madrid and the, the previously suggests that it isn't that, it, it does seem yeah. like it is the money, but... It seems like it. I mean, maybe, I mean, who, like maybe who are we to say, like, if someone dangled that amount of money in front of you, but it feels like the amount of money that Madrid would have been dangling in front of him would be enough to say, I'm going to go play for Real Madrid. Yeah, we'll probably find out that Paris Saint-Germain is going to change its name or he owns part of the club or something something equally nefarious. So anyway, there you go. That's great. What an <laughs> awesome day it was for the world of sport. <laughs> Players being nutted. City winning a league again financial doping and the best that we can say is that at least Liverpool didn't win it great stuff I'm glad to be not talking about United for the next couple of months at least I think the plan for the summer I've got a few people lined up to talk to interviews I guess we'll, we'll probably hop on now and again to talk about player signings and that kind of thing yes why not and we've all got, uh, the, Champions, got, we've got the Champions League finals to enjoy Champions League finals, yeah. So backers on Patreon, Dan and I are going to preview Real Madrid 1, Liverpool 6. <laughs> Please not. Please. Please. We're going to make the case for Real Madrid winning this. So. And, yeah. So thanks, everyone, for sticking with it this season. It's it's not been an awesome one, has it? <laughs> not been <laughs> awesome. There you go. Not been awesome, FC. Uh, see you. Uh, catch you over the summer. Bye, everyone.